This is Maya Anderson with Becker's Women's Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Deborah Addo, the Executive Vice President and COO of Penn State Health in Hershey, Pennsylvania. We will be discussing Deborah's top priorities for her new role, as well as the importance of prioritizing gender equity and health system leadership roles. Deborah, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. Oh, great to speak with you too. Thank you. Of course. And to start us off, could you please uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Well, sure. Um, As you said, Deborah Addo, and I am currently the Executive Vice President and COO for Penn State Health System. I've actually only been here for five weeks, uh, so I started in August, and it's been a whirlwind since I've started. Um, Before that, I served for seven years as the SVP and CEO for two of Anova Health Systems hospitals um, in Northern Virginia. So I was the CEO for Anova Mount Vernon and Anova Loudoun. Um, but before that, actually, in Maryland um, with Meredith as the COO and, and Children's National in D.C. So I like to say that I've done the DMV and, and now I'm in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised in Washington, D.C., and I'm a product of D.C. public schools, proud product, and um, Georgetown University. So thanks for having me today. Of course. And in your new role as executive VP and COO, what would you say your top priorities are today and how do you, how do you see them evolving in the next 12 months? Sure. Well, thinking about Penn State Health, um, we are currently a $3.4 billion company. We have 17,000 employees, 2,400 physicians. Um, We've got currently six um, hospitals and sites of care, and we have another one that is opening on October the 1st, so in a few days, a new community hospital, and then another new hospital in Lancaster, Pennsylvania will open next fall. So we are under a world whirlwind of growth, um, exponential growth. And, and as I look at that, it really is um, the first few years have all been all about putting the pieces in place, and now we're really looking at execution. So a part of my role is I call it kind of the glue um, as we've been a collection of of entities with the same name, which is Penn State Health. Now we're looking at really becoming an an integrated health system. So not just the same name, but the same brand. And that's some of the work that I'll be doing. Great. And jumping into our topic of gender equity in leadership roles, a recent IBM report showed that there are now fewer women in the pipeline to fill executive roles than there were in 2019. What are some steps you think health system leaders can take to increase the number of women in executive roles? Well, you you bring up a really good point. And if you think about the history in healthcare, uh, in entry-level positions in healthcare, more than 75% of entry-level positions are held by women. And then when you get to the executive suite, less than 17% are held by women. So there's something that methodically happens, unfortunately, that weeds out women in executive levels in healthcare. Now you couple that with everything that we've all been through over the past 18 months with, months with COVID, and that is the impact of not only child care, but the impact of being able to work, the impact of professional lives. And so that has actually caused the situation to be worse than it was. And so I think some of the things that we really do need to do is to it kind of take a step back and 
a few of those are continue to advance women to the forefront. And those opportunities are the opportunities to be seen, to be heard, and to represent. Because one of the the best confidence boosters for somebody that might be contemplating a challenge is seeing someone else who's actually conquered that challenge. So if you've got some women on the sidelines or those who are in the pipeline, being able to see those who have already achieved some of those successes, I think is going to be really important. Another element is mentoring. Um, We cannot lose sight of that. And while it's old school, it's also new school and ensuring that we mentor women who are interested in this and not just female mentors, but male mentors, how they can help us in this journey. I think another is just starting early when you start to think about administrative fellows and giving them a taste of what this could be like, Um, because I think if we whet their appetites a little bit about, you know, what could leadership in healthcare look like um, in the future, then that may would be someone that um, we can hold on to if, if we start early. I think the last thing is recruitment, that we need to be deliberate in our expectations. I think when we're working with recruiters that we need to ask for a slate of candidates that are a diverse slate of candidates and be very specific with that, Um, that we want qualified, absolutely, but we want qualified that is also inclusive. So I think those are some of the things that we can do. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And going off of that, the report also showed that only one in four organizations are making the advancement of women a top 10 priority. Um, So it seems like you lay out a lot of good steps that health systems can take, but it seems making it a priority um, is something that not a lot of organizations are focused on. So why do you think it's important for health systems specifically to prioritize gender equity in leadership roles? It really is. And I do think that we're starting to see some changes in that. We're starting to see really concerted efforts around um, diversity and inclusion and what that means. And so I think you will start to see some of the benefit of that. But it is important in healthcare when you go back to what I said about what does the reflection of healthcare look like? And many healthcare providers are female. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at leadership, then leadership should reflect that. Leadership should reflect not only the communities we serve, but it should reflect those that we serve and that we work with. And I think it's leadership and boardrooms need to reflect that. Um, I think as we continue to say, well, how can organizations be enriched? I think they are enriched by the depth and breadth of the, the those who are the thought leaders, um, those who are at the table, and those who are interacting. And so leaving out the voice of the qualified woman really does leave a gap in your organization. Recently, we met with um, two of the rating agencies, um, both Moody's and S&P, and it was interesting that one of the questions that they specifically asked us was, what are some of the things that you all are doing um, with gender equality, and what does that look like? So if you step back and you say, why would a rating agency ask that question? And I think it's an obvious answer, placing a qualified woman in an executive role is not a token gesture, 
it's really a strategic move to help that organization be successful. So I think those are many of the good reasons for companies taking a, a hard look at that, and especially healthcare taking a really hard, hard look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bring up a good point that there are a lot of women within the healthcare role, specifically as providers, and they should be reflected in the people making decisions for their organizations. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, it's it's been a real joy for me to not only represent, but for those women who came before me, who served as a beacon for me and served as a mentor for me to say, you know, this is something that I'm qualified to do and that I would be good at. Um, because I think not having that voice at the table is a real miss. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for this fascinating discussion. We appreciate your time and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Well, thank you. It's been a real pleasure.